lost the weight upon my shoulder. Now it's easier to walk. I can see the road before me. I am not afraid. Uh, welcome to our first podcast of the season. Yes, so welcome. Yeah, welcome back. We're so excited. Today we have Brooke Romney on the podcast and we've been yes. looking forward to this interview for a while. We started like coordinating with her at the end of our last season. Yeah, that's right. And yeah. then she moved or something so she couldn't do it. Yeah, then... it was a little bit hard with scheduling and then our summer break, but yeah. luckily enough, we were able to get her back for our very first episode this season. So um, okay, I'm going to read a little bio about Brooke to help you guys get to know her a little better. So Brooke Romney has very girly roots, but has morphed into an outdoor exploring dirt loving mom of four boys and couldn't be happier about it. Her and her husband have bounced across the country from California to Virginia and Arizona to Michigan, but have put down roots in Utah and can't get enough of the gorgeous mountains, family friendly lifestyle and the four seasons. Brooke has written and published three books, I Like Me Anyway, 52 Modern Manners for Teens, both volume one and two, and then she has a brand new book, and it's the 52 Modern Manners for Kids, and I'm excited about that. That one's geared more towards ages eight to 12, I believe she oh, says, awesome. so yeah. Yeah, I think you guys are really going to love this interview with her. She has so many just good practical ways to like help raise teens, help understand them, help connect with them, and yes. I... Yeah, I've thought about our interview since and have loved everything she said to help me kind of apply her knowledge and wisdom. And yeah. uh, um, anyway, but it, one thing you could do as well is follow her on her Instagram. Mm -hmm. It says it's Brooke Romney writes, and I think it's cool. It's just it's really she calls it a community, and it's teen and tween parenting support. And it says you shouldn't have to parent the teen years alone. And I think a lot of it her, what she's learned raising her teens. Cause she's like a grandma now and has older kids, but she also still has, you know, a younger child at home and, and just the way she's learned from mistakes, what she's learned from other parents, from research. And I think she's a writer, you know, by trade anyway. And so to put it all together, she's, it's great. We started going through her calendar with my kids and it's, Mm -hmm. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, just to like be able to verbalize it and read it to them in that succinct way that she has about writing it, but it doesn't feel too overwhelming. No, no. And at all. so anyway, she has a great way of, of putting things. And the thing I think you guys will really love about this interview and what I love is these positive like parenting shifts that she shares about, you know, as we go into the conversation that I know both of us have talked a few times about yes. and I've thought about what she shared a lot and it really yeah. is valuable and helpful tools. And I think she's really good at just thinking through these things and then giving us ways to apply them in our lives. Right. And she puts them in, in a way that like makes so much sense and seems like, Oh, not overwhelming. Like, yeah. okay, I can do that. I yeah. Can. Yeah. And she's just a super sweet, awesome, smart person. So we feel yeah. really lucky we were able to have her on and thanks so much for tuning in to, to our first episode. And we have a lot of other good ones coming soon. Yeah, so excited to share them with you. Yes. So enjoy Brooke Romney. All right. Well, welcome, Brooke. Today we have Brooke Romney with us, and we're so excited to have her. Um, this has been in the works for a little while for us, so it's super exciting, especially being our first interview episode of the season. So yeah. welcome, Brooke. Hi. Thanks for having me. Brooke is a writer, speaker, educator, and author, and many of you probably know who she is, especially if you're from Utah and around here. She has um, an awesome Instagram account where she shares a lot of great tips for parents, and she's written a couple of books. They're the modern manners for teen t tips yeah. and I have both of them and we love them in our house. So yeah, very awesome. They're, yeah. They're we both great. have yeah <clears throat> teenagers. Yes. So. Teens and tweens. So yeah. we feel like Brooke will have a lot of valuable insights for us. So, so Brooke, would you like to just share whatever you'd like to help us get to know you a little bit better? Yes, I would love to. Um, I have four boys. My oldest is married. So I also have a daughter-in-law and a grandbaby and it's a girl. Oh, so awesome. I went from like being the only girl and now it's like three to five. So that's kind of fun. Um, it's been great. And then I have um, three others, one's on a mission and I have two at home now. So my life shifted really fast. Yeah. When you have three, I had my first three boys in three and a half years, oh, wow. which means three and a half years kind of is as long as they, as it takes for them to leave too. So oh, yeah. it was really intense in the beginning and kind of like a quick ending and at the end. So, but it's been really fun, you know, 
change, like life changes are hard, but they're also really exciting. And so it's all been really, really new, um, but also a really good experience to watch them grow up and be independent. And, and so that's new. Um, we actually, I grew up in Utah, but we bounced around the country for about 14 years. So lived in um, California, Washington, D.C., Michigan, and Arizona. Um, but we love being back to the mountains and closer to family. So just happy to be here. Awesome. Yeah, that's great. Um, let's see. So I was wondering, how old's your youngest? So my youngest is 11. Cute. So you have a bit of a gap yeah. there between the older three and the youngest? So we have a five-year gap after um, three and a half boys, or three boys in three and a half years. Mm-hmm. I needed a breather. Yeah, And for we sure. weren't quite sure um, if we were done or not done, and I wasn't quite ready to wrap it all up. So we just did one more, and it's actually been so fun to kind of prolong my years of motherhood. I wasn't ready to, to be finished, so. Yeah, yeah, we did the same thing. I was so. like, oh, it's all so similar. Cause <laughs> yeah, I have a six-year gap. I have a 22, 19, 15, and then nine. So, mm-hmm. And then yeah. I have a 15 okay. and 14-year-old, and that was close. There was just two, but it was uh-huh. a lot. So we're like, let's wait a bit, and then it took us a little longer, and then we have twins that are eight. So, Cool. Yeah, so that that gap is actually um, – there's been some really great things and some hard things, like with anything – but it sure did help me with perspective and, you know, being grateful and not feeling like so in the trenches all the time. Yeah. So it's been fun. Totally. Yeah. I feel like there's some things that you just let go of with your younger ones that with yeah. the older ones, it seemed so like important at the time or, you know, but yeah, yeah. three that yeah. close together. I'm impressed. That's, that would be a lot of work and so busy, but, but yeah, we we love our straggler. Yeah. <laughs> like it. yeah. It works out good. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, I love that you brought up, you know, kind of transitions and how this transition you've been in kind of that period right now in your life. Cause that's what our podcast is all about basically is different life transitions and how we can find the beauty through them. Even at the times it can seem a bit hard or crazy or whatever's going on. Like there's usually always lessons to be learned and, and beautiful things we can bring from them. So yeah. Yeah. I think that's perfect. Like introduction to, um, our, our interview with you today. And I was just kind of wondering, how did you get kind of started with being the expert on the teens and tweens? And um, I'm sure it has a lot to do with your own children and how you went through your own transitions with them. Um, But what what got you started with that? Yeah. Uh, Well, I always shy away from the word expert um, (laughs) because I mostly share things I've done wrong and the lessons I've learned from it. And I think if there's anything that I've learned from creating a community of parents who are raising tweens and teens is that there is there are very few hard and fast black and white right and wrong answers in the way that you're raising your kids because there's so many variables. So it's been really fun for me to be able to have a space where people can come and share what's working. I, I'm sure you guys have the same experiences, but when you think you've got it down with one kid, the next one comes and whatever you were doing just doesn't work at all with that next one. And you've just got to revamp and pivot. And, and that's been really an interesting thing. And even I posted something today where, you know, a lot of people are, you know, thank you. And I totally agree. This is so important. And there are a few people who are saying, so they said, you know, this doesn't work for me or this doesn't feel right for my heart or whatever that is. And I think that's the best thing about having a community full of people who, want to do what's best for their family and also realize that it's going to look different for every family. Um, But the way that I got into this space was honestly just my willingness to share some of my journey Um, as I was raising teens. I started um, those teen years with my oldest child and I felt very alone. I wanted information, but I wanted it from people who were in it or who had just been in it. I didn't, while I respect, you know, professionals and researchers, I'm like, but you're not a mom. Like you, you can tell me this, but you don't have to understand, like you don't have to sit in the hurt with me and you don't have, you don't understand what it means when I, when I do that. And then our relationship crumbles or then there's contention in our home for days or whatever that means for each individual family. So I just felt really alone. And I also felt like what we were going through was abnormal, which in some ways, what everyone goes through is not exactly the same as everyone else. 
but I think what I wanted to fill was some sort of a community that like everyone was having a hard time because from the outside, I'm just seeing posts of best first day of school ever, <laughs> cutest little group of friends, uh, kids honor rolling and making all the teams and, you know, like super tight relationships, like just having a day with my bestie. And I'm like, holy cow, like <laughs> what am I doing wrong? You know? And I think what I realized was that everyone has different struggles and, and having struggles is normal and, and their struggles being different is normal. But I was just looking for someone to say, it's normal that your kids pull away from you during those teenage years. It's normal that your kids fight against your rules during those teenage years. It's normal that they don't want to just hang with you all the time anymore. Um, and so just, I wanted to create, I also did a lot of things wrong. I also made a lot of mistakes. And if I could help another mom of a teenager have a few less mistakes or do things a little bit better, or just even have resources to know there's like more options, um, then that's what I wanted to do. So it has been a really fun journey for me. And I'm just really grateful for the people that are willing to be on it. That's awesome. Mm. So what year would you say you kind of started your journey with this? So I started, I'm a writer by profession and that's what I've done forever. And so I've been writing ever since I graduated college. Um, And so that's something I've always done. And I started a little blog when we lived in Michigan about mom stuff. And that's when my kids were littler. And then when we moved to Utah, there were moms who were doing the mom blogging thing really well. And that was something I knew I could not compete with. Um, and I didn't want to, they were, they were killing it. I couldn't bring more to the table than they were bringing to the table. So I took a little pause and that was in, um, so we've been here for 10 years. And so we took a little pause and then I really missed writing. And so I started kind of like dabbling with writing about things that weren't just like fun park to go to try this restaurant with your kids. I started writing things that were on my heart and that was actually very hard for me to do and to put it out there. Um, and I think I shared that first piece, I don't know, maybe like eight years ago and people really responded to it. And I thought maybe there's something there. Maybe, maybe sharing my heart is something that I would like to do. And so I did that sporadically, wrote for some newspapers. And then in about 2000, I would say like 2018, um, I started sharing a little more like regularly and consistently And then in about 2019, I would say I shifted to talking more about teens and tweens and relationships and parenting. Yeah, that's awesome. It's funny because I'm not even really sure at what point I started following you, but all of your, um, like everything, you're a very good writer. Like you're (laughs) a great writer and you do have a way to, I think, like connect with the audience and just kind of like what you were saying earlier, what you were craving, I think when you were younger, you do so well. Or providing, yes. Yeah, you do it so great. And so I just, whenever I read anything of yours, I'm like, she's saying it how it is, you know? <laughs> and then your manner book, like, I just loved it because it's practical, but they're short and they're like sweet. And it's enough that the kids can like take it in and understand it clearly, but it's not like a big lecture. You know what I mean? So I feel like you do a really great job at that. And I was trying to think what year about was that, that your first book came out? So I wrote, actually, my first book was I Like Me Anyway, and that came out in um, 2020. And that was more of like a spiritual self-help book. And then in in October of 2021, um, I published Modern Manners 1. And in October of 2022, I published Modern Manners 2. Yeah, I think that, I mean, obviously, like all parents are going to go through the stages with their kids. And you're so right. Like I have four kids. Every, you know, entering the teenage years has been different for each of them. Some of them, it like worked out like I thought it probably would. And then other ones like caught me by complete surprise. Like, wait, this is not who you were, like who I thought you were going to, I don't know. Like, I don't know. It was really hard. expecting, right? Different. Yeah. Like I, my daughter, she's like, just kind of like high get it factor and good at school and good at whenever she tries. And so I wasn't expecting her transition to high school be kind of difficult. And then her transition to college was kind of difficult. And I was like, I don't know how to handle this. I don't know what the right thing to do. Part of it was just the shock value. I know I didn't handle the um, a lot of parts of it very well, and especially because I was so shocked that I was like, well, why? why? Why are you acting like this? This isn't normal. But yet she was having a hard time, so I had to like be more understanding and like sympathetic to that because I was so shocked by it because everything had always come so easy to her and everything had just kind of 
flowed and it was not a big deal. And so even my husband and I are both like, what, you know, <laughs> and now that we've asked her, you know, we're like, how could we have handled that better? And she was kind of funny. She's like, well, and we are really, my husband's really good about when we have a hard conversation with our kids or a hard moment, like turning it into something that we can talk about that's not off limits. We can kind of joke about it. We can kind of tease each other about how we kind of responded in that moment and what we learned from it. And so she goes, well, I'll just say it was probably your worst parenting move ever. (laughs) I was like, oh no, (laughs) shoot. (laughs) Just like... We just didn't handle That's it how so she, it was helpful for her. Mm-hmm. And I think it was because of the shock. And so I realizing with my 15 year old that I'm trying not to be so shocked by how he's handling and like what their individual struggles. Are yeah. And, and, yeah. and, and to be more empathetic and understanding that just cause that, or it wasn't hard for the, bro, you know, her older brother that it, it's okay. It's her, it's her own individual story. So it is so hard <laughs> that they're all so different though. Like, and you don't, yeah, some things will shock you, yeah. you know, that you didn't think would be a struggle. So it was kind of like a good lesson to me to be like, well, I can't project first of all, cause she's a lot like me in so many ways. So I think I projected that all these transitions would be the same, whether it was hard for mm-hmm. me, then it should be hard for her. If it's easy for me, and then realizing, wow, she's her own person. And then also with my 15 year old, I'm like trying hard to be like, I'm not going to project on him or, or that if he tells me it's hard, I need to like sit with him in it and understand where he's coming from. But that's how we learn and we never get it, you know, if the next kid comes along and they're completely different. So. Yeah. yeah, it's so hard. <laughs> well, and I love like, I love your candid conversation. That's such, that's so important to me is that we're going to get it wrong. Like we're going to make the wrong decision. We're going to handle things wrong. And I think the beauty of having a great relationship is being able to come to our kid and apologize mm-hmm. to ask for advice. Like, how should I have done that better? And I think that that is like a real healing balm for those mistakes that we make. Um, I, you know, I remind my kids, like, I've never parented you through this stage before. I'm new at this too. You know, you can help me out. Like, and, and I also have faults and things that I'm trying to be better about, like things that are ingrained in me, things that feel like right to me that maybe aren't right to you. And, um, and I can always do better too, but I also need grace just like they need, just like they need grace. Right. Right. Yeah. So are you familiar with, um, that Dr. Becky, the good inside podcast or she read? Yeah. So I was just listening to podcasts that she was on this morning and she said, she goes, sometimes she said, there's so much nuance with like parenting. And when she's, you know, um, advising people about parenting, but she's like always the number one, if people want to say, what's your number one hack, your tip, your trick, it's repairs. And I'm like, I've got to remember that because I do feel that's important and I feel so much better like if something goes not great with one of my kids when I go apologize. But sometimes it's like if it if the dust settles, you kind of just want to move on, you know, and yeah, not bring like it back forget up. About but it, yeah. she's like, don't, even if it happened in the past and, and you think, oh, we never kind of made that right. She's like, because you can rewrite the story of how that ended. And I just loved that reminder. And it just reminded me of what you were saying and what Chantel was saying. So yeah, I thought I'd mention and It's that. definitely like um, refreshing and feels I don't know. Cause we're really close. Like I, she's one of my best friends. So it was like this weird moment in time. And so for me to be able to apologize and her to admit like, wow, like even now, I think you guys didn't handle that right. But I think it's good that she can say that to us and we can say, okay, we're so sorry. Right. And kind of learn from that. Well, and you, for you to be able to take that feedback and not get all defensive, like you are right now, I think is awesome. <laughs> right. So no, it's, it's really, it's really awesome. And I think it's also really healing for our kids to know yeah. that, that their parents see that, but also that as an adult, they're going to make a lot of mistakes and that they can also apologize and repair and come back and, and figure it out. Because otherwise the idea of like for teenagers to become adults who like are perfect and never do anything wrong and, and know it all and get it all right, that's a heavy lift for them. And I think as they see adults that don't know it all and admit that they don't know it all and and keep trying and you know try something new, I think that's really healthy for them to see. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And it's modeling such good relationship skills for later because yeah. we all know like apologies go a long way, you know, and just being able to to take it in and be like, yeah, I could have done that better. Like it just feels good to to have that acknowledgement. So, yeah. Um, all right. Well, with um, kind of your parenting overall experience and transitions and stuff, is there anything that stands out that you'd want to share? Like the most challenging part, the most vulnerable part, joyful part, anything like that that you'd like to touch on? I think just like you've said, anytime something is significantly changing, 
can be all of those things. They can be vulnerable, difficult, and joyful all at the same time. And um, I get a lot of messages from parents whose kids are turning into teenagers. And one of my favorite things is when they say, I, I never thought they would act like this. They've always been so great. They've always been so kind. They've always been so responsive. And I don't even recognize them right now. And um, I think it's really hard for us to take the eye, you know, put our eyes on these darling nine-year-olds who want to please their parents and are so sweet and like think everything you do is awesome and and then understand that it could change and they might feel differently later. Um, and so I think going through those stage changes, the first thing that has been really helpful to me is acknowledging that it's going to be different. And this happens, I think, a lot Um at the beginning of those teen years and then also as teens get busier I know there's a lot of parents who are trying to hold on to like how it used to be and but it's not fun now if everyone can't make it then what's the use of doing a tradition or you know um, if so-and-so you know wants to bring his girlfriend like I just like it to be our little family you know there's all these little hard things so it just being willing to acknowledge that my life is gonna continue to look different our family is gonna continue to look different and different isn't a bad thing. Different mm -hmm. can be new and different. There can be challenges that come with it, and but it can also be really exciting. And so as I wrote about to the parents of middle schoolers, there was a lot that I warned them about, about the changes. And, and there were people that are like, oh, you make it sound so bad. And, and, I'm, and it's not about being bad. It's just preparing that it will be different, that your kid is now going to come home after hearing and seeing things they haven't heard and seen in elementary school. And that can be hard. That can be new and that can be hard for them. Um, but then also emphasizing how much fun it is. So it's actually so fun to be able to have adult conversations. And part of having adult conversations with teenagers is they have to grow up a little. So that's kind of like a yin and yang. So they can have an adult conversation because they've had to see and that's hear true. and do some things that aren't all that kitty anymore. Right. So it's, so there's really great things that come with those those hard things. So adult conversations, other things that I love, you know, are things like we get to do things that our whole family really enjoys or really finds challenging or really finds interesting. I don't have to play Thomas the Train ever again. Like I don't have to do that and that's awesome. You know, that that's a great thing and so um, as your life is changing, what I really tried to do was acknowledge the change and that there's going to be things that are hard about that, but then also acknowledge the good things that will come with that change. Um, whether that's them going off to college and, and I know that's tearing at a lot of people's hearts right now and it's, it's hard and it's sad and it's new and your family's shifting and all those things, acknowledging that heart and then also saying, and how incredible that they're learning independence, that they're having these experiences, that that they're learning to rely on others, not just on mom. That's that's important. Like, if you're 45 years old and you have to call your mom before you make every decision, like that's not what you want for your kids. You yeah, want them yeah. to have that independence and and feel confident enough to go through their life without needing you at every turn. But that also takes that that also pulls at your heart a little. So, yeah, um, so just true. really <laughs> in every transition, you know acknowledging the hard, but then also really focusing on the good things that are happening for you and your family. So yes, so just acknowledging the hard things and that's okay to be hard and it's okay to be sad that things are changing, um, but then really looking forward to and embracing the good things, not just for us and for our family, but also for our individual children, the good things that are happening for them. And, and sometimes that you know, we kind of have to let go of some of that control mm -hmm. and that selfishness of what we want and what makes our life best in order to let our kids soar and fly and discover what they need to discover for for their for themselves. Yeah. Yeah. It made me think of like, you know, we kind of have these expectations for our kids or hopes and dreams for them, which isn't bad because all of them are probably good to us, but they mm -hmm. might not be what our kids want. And I think to be, I've learned a lot with that with my older kids, like I have to be okay and supportive of their choices and their you know and their ideas of like oh well that's not quite what I had in mind but it's still okay it's still a change and I if I let go of those expectations that I don't then I don't get sad or I don't get frustrated or something it's like it really is cool to see them mature and grow and learn and make their own choices and yeah and have these amazing adult conversations and get to really see how their minds work and then be like oh they are their own 
just individual that like has these ideas that I need to be, you want to be like supportive and like have guidance or whatever if they want it, but not to have these expectations so that you're not frustrated or let down or something. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I was just thinking it's kind of cool sometimes when like you had a clear idea of what they should do. And I kind of get this thing and I, maybe a lot of parents do, hopefully it's not just me, but I think I know them so well. I know what's best for them. Even if they choose something else, like you just feel like, you know, and sometimes I think we do as parents, you know, but once in a while I've had it where my kids choose something a little bit different and I kind of am expecting it to not go well or whatever, but then they rise to the occasion and it actually goes really well. And I think, oh, I'm so glad I didn't step in and like stop them from doing that thing, you know? So anyway, I think it's cool when they kind of show us that our control, like you're saying, or our way of thinking isn't always right for them. They are an individual, even though they feel like extensions of ourselves sometimes, but that's probably not healthy, you know? That's so true. And I think as long as they're progressing, that's a great thing. I think as parents, and and it kind of obviously depends on what age, like you're going to have to direct a 10 year old a lot more than you're going to have to direct a 17 year old. Mm -hmm. And you're going to have to trust a 17 year old's choices a lot more than you're going to trust the 10 year old who says like, I'm an, I want to be a YouTuber. So I'm going to research for 10 hours. Yeah, a day. Like, right. <laughs> that sounds awesome, buddy. But you know, I'm, I'm going to have to step in on that one. We're not doing 10 hours of YouTube research. Right. Um, <laughs> but, but I think it's really important that we see like, as long as they're progressing, as long as they're moving forward, like you said, it's sometimes they have the best idea of what they need to be doing. I think it's when they want to just sit and stall or they, you know, want to kind of disengage. That's when as parents, we can do a little bit more of the pushing and, and the encouraging and saying, okay, I'm noticing that you're, you're pulling back because you're scared or you're pulling back because you don't want to fail. Mm. You know, what, what can you do? Um, but I love the examples that you gave of, they just chose to move forward in a different way than we were planning and, and forward movement is a great thing and our willingness to trust them as they get older and show that they, you know, do have their best interest at heart, that they want good things for themselves. You know, if they want to move forward on a, you know, on a path that we know is like harmful, you know, then that's a different story. Maybe you could tell us some tips for how to interact with kids going through these things. Basically like having positive interactions that will result in maybe a positive shift in our parenting. Yeah. Like maybe you'll tell me something that I could have told my daughter instead of <laughs> being her, my yeah. worst parenting moment. <laughs> <laughs> like what are some yeah, ways, of, those yeah, ways of talking? Cause I do think too, like not only are they becoming themselves and becoming independent, but you've got obviously the what's going on in their bodies. I mean, they're yeah. like, they're going through um, transitions of their hormones and going through puberty and, you know, girls are starting their period and they don't really know like, and so there's all these things you're like, wow, I could have probably handled that yeah, better. It's a lot. <laughs> I'll share two. So I want to share two things that I think are pretty universally helpful okay. in, in these age groups. And so the first one is to increase your positive interactions. So it should be about eight to one. And some studies will say 12 to one. And most parents of teens, when they hear that and they reflect back on their day, They were like, okay, I don't know how many positive. I may have had some neutral things. I for sure had some things that I was bugged about, um, but I'm not sure how many positive things I said. And so that's the first thing that I like to encourage parents that are having trouble with their teens or tweens. Um, Creating a relationship that's more positive can do wonders in the next steps of things, especially if you have to have some hard conversations or things like that. If you have the foundation of a positive relationship, that can be really helpful. And um, I worked with some parents who are like, my child is doing nothing positive. Like, what am I supposed to say? Legitimately, what am I supposed to say? And um, in those times, I like to encourage parents, like, look for something really small. And sometimes that means lowering our expectations of what our teenagers are doing in order to get some of those positive interactions in. So if that means praising them for waking up, then that's what it means. And you're like, hey, thank you so much for getting up this morning. Maybe they did nothing good the rest of the day, but they woke up, you know? And so you're focusing on, thank you for waking up. Hey, you know what? Thanks so much for talking with me this afternoon. You're so awesome. Or I love... I love the way you wear those pants. I could never pull that off and you do it so well. I love the way those look on you. 
really increasing that positive um, interaction. And when I talk to when I talk to parents about this, I like to remind them: if you had a friend, and every time you saw them, all they did was tell you all the things that you were falling short with, you would never want to have a relationship with that friend. You would stop that relationship so quickly. And so just making sure that you're the type of parent that you would want to have a relationship with. And and we're parents, so that means we can't only always do positive things, but making sure that there's a really good ratio. And then the second thing that I like to encourage parents to do if they want to help their relationship with their tween and teen is to get excited about something that your kid gets excited about. It's really tricky to have a relationship with someone who puts down everything you like. So if you had a friend and you were like, oh my gosh, I love this show. And she's like, that show is so lame. I don't like it at all. And you're like, well, I wanted to show you um, this haircut I really want to get. Oh my gosh, that was the horrible on you. Why would you want to get that haircut? And you think about that and you think maybe about some of the interactions you've had with your kids and you're like, okay, maybe that's why they don't open up to me. Maybe that's why they don't respond nicely to me. Um, so making a real concerted effort to be excited about what they're excited about. Mm. Um, right now, my 11-year-old is super into basketball trading cards. That is not in my wheelhouse of things that <laughs> yeah. I personally enjoy. <laughs> but he is so into it and he thinks it's so fun. And so I have made a point to put my phone down and watch this. There's like a YouTube thing with this guy who barters for basketball trading cards and I watch it and I've gotten into it and he wants me to take him to the card store and I'm doing it and I'm doing it not because I like it, but because he loves it. And that's helping us build a relationship. And I could have chosen to be like, what a waste of money. That's ridiculous. You seriously think you're going to get a card that you're going to trade for $10,000 by buying these ridiculous card packs, but I'm celebrating it. it. It's a fun thing. It's a hobby. It's, It's motivating him to earn money, you know, all these things. And I'm getting into it with him because I realize like he can have this hobby all on his own with a mom who thinks it's lame or he can have this hobby and we can enjoy it together and build a relationship. And I'm choosing to build that relationship, even though I kind of think it's a waste of money. (laughs) You know what? It's fun. And he wouldn't be doing extra lawns and he wouldn't be asking how he can else he can earn money if he wasn't excited about buying these trading cards. So it's, it's, it's a win all around, but a lot of it has to do with my attitude about it too. Yeah. Yeah. Those are both such good um, tips. Cause I do think I'll have a day like that where I like, I'm like, wow, my interactions with my 15 year old son, like are all pretty negative. Like, why was I so like, it's like, I wake him up. I'm like, are you kidding me? Your room is such a mess. Like, <laughs> You know, you have the trash in here. Like, it's like my first interaction with him of the day is me being frustrated because I've woken him up and his room's a mess. And it's like, and then I feel like it sets the stage where it's like, oh, wow, I just kind of spent the rest of the day having our interactions not be super positive. And so I do think that's such a good reminder. Well, and and what we look for is often what we see. And I love your example of that. And I've found that when parents start looking for good things and start vocalizing them, they start seeing more good things. And then the teen starts softening and they want to do more good things and, and they want to open up to you and they see you as someone that likes them. And we all respond a hundred percent better to people that we think like us than people we think don't like us. I had a question about that. So have you ever like dealt or have you ever had the question of someone asking like with those positive interactions in a certain age with, I'm not sure if this is a common thing or not, Maybe it's a boy thing. Maybe it's a girl thing. Maybe just as they kind of enter where they start to almost not want, like you give them a compliment and they kind of bristle a little bit. Like they feel, I don't know if that's a common thing, but I'm noticing that sometimes with one of my teens and you know, I don't know. I feel like I've always tried to be that way to my kids and like positive with them. So no, I'm not, or oh, don't say that. Like, mm-hmm. do you have any suggestions for parents if they're encountering that because I've also heard I mean maybe this is like an old-fashioned term but you know maybe they're like cutting the apron strings a little bit where they're trying to differentiate from mom a little bit and so they don't yeah, really want the compliments yeah or the but nice you're things. still trying yeah. to build up and have that good relationship so do you I don't know if that's something you've yeah. been asked or heard but do you have any suggestions so one of the things that I love to praise that is harder for our kids to fight against is praising their character So for instance, instead of saying like, you were, you were such a great shooter in that basketball game, 
praising something like you, like you were an incredible teammate in that basketball game. Like you're mm-hmm. such a good teammate or I loved how hard I saw you work. Like you were, mm-hmm. you were tenacious against that defender. Like you just kept getting to the hoop or whatever, whatever it is. Um, for someone who is like, you can praise how kind someone is like that was your interaction with your sister today was so sweet. I just loved it. And so sometimes teens when they don't feel like they're awesome or sometimes like if everyone else doesn't think they're awesome and they're tired of hearing their mom tell them they're (laughs) awesome, you know, I think sometimes they can be annoyed or not believe us. But I think the more often we praise um, their character traits and who they actually are, those are things that are harder to fight against. It's hard for somebody to fight against saying like, I love that interaction you had with your sister. Right. Or you have such fun style. Um, or I love the way you're like, I will love the way that you gather your friends. Like they, they can't dispute that. Yeah. <laughs> like they're great at gathering their friends, you know? Mm-hmm. And so as we praise their character more consistently than necessarily what they're doing or their achievements, I think those compliments, they're a little harder to figure out, but they mean a lot more mm-hmm. and they're harder for them to refute on the outside or the inside. Yeah. I love that. And as you said that, I'm thinking... And I'm like, okay, yeah, when I have said maybe, oh, you're such a hard worker or things like that, that tends, they take that in better and it's Mm -hmm. not, but I think sometimes like, well, of course you're going to say that you're my mom, you know, with some (laughs) of the other things. And so it's a little tricky because I feel like, oh, as they're getting older, they're not just receiving my praise and my, like they're almost making probably not even intentionally, but I have to be a little trickier about how I word things and you know, and it's hard because I'm dealing with eight-year-olds on one hand and a 15 and 14-year-old on the other hand. And it's, it's very, different, yeah, yeah, it's different. Yeah. So, okay, great. I love yeah. that. Think character. And I do. I think that, I think that can happen because I think sometimes when our teens get a little older and their mom says, you're so cute, but then like no boys like them, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. then they're like, you're just my mom. That's annoying stuff. Of course yeah. you're going to say that. You know, I think you or, hear that a lot. Like, yeah. like you, you're saying that just because you're my mom. Yeah. So it's like, like those kind so of. handsome. Well, of course you think that. You're my I, mom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But totally. even other things. You know what I mean? So, okay. That, yeah. I like that. I like, really like that. Compliment their character. Because, yeah, a little more, character. a little yeah. easier to refute that. If they're... Yeah. Yeah. And I almost, like you're saying, I feel like it's more meaningful too. It's a deeper thing that probably actually builds them up better in the long run even mm-hmm. and sticks with them. So that's great. I think so too. And then I love your example about your son and the trading cards. And um, I always remember, Do you, I'm sure you maybe, it seems like you maybe have even done inner or things with Jody more before, you know, her, she's the life coach or yeah. Inner. I always remember she had a similar example once about just watching her son play super smash bros. And she's like, Mm -hmm. I don't want to necessarily sit and watch that. So I think of that a lot with my little eight year old boy. And he's kind of like your son where he wants to show me the trading videos of the soccer cards. And I'm like, what's hard for me though, is to drop whatever. I mean, not that you're going to totally drop your life, but be like, okay, I can put the laundry on hold. I can put all these things that I have to do on hold just to spend that time. But as you were saying that, I thought, I mean, I'm hearing you relay the story and thinking that is so awesome. Like your son probably just feels so bonded to you and he feels like you care about what What he he cares cares about. about, Yeah. Yeah. And in the long run, he may look back and be like, wow, mom didn't have to follow me around to all, take me to all those card stores and (laughs) act like she cared so much. And then it will be even and even though he may realize that, it'll be even more meaningful. You know what I mean? Because he'll realize the effort that you put in. So I just think yeah. that was super sweet and a great example. I know. And that actually reminds yeah. me of my, I didn't do very well at when my son first got into like the Xbox. It was like my, I was like, I don't want to learn this. I think it's a waste of time. My husband was like, okay, let me do this. Let me do Fortnite with you. And my son was like, really? You're going to do it with me? You know? Yeah. And they sat and did it. And my husband did awful and he didn't even know how to use a controller. You could tell it meant so much to him that he yeah. actually sat down and cared about his game. And I was like, oh, I probably should have done that instead of say, I'll do anything with you besides this. Like, right. I don't want to play Fortnite. I don't want to play well, Xbox. And also, you don't have to be so hard on yourself. Like, <laughs> I, I don't do everything with all of my No, and I do yeah, stuff with him know. in other ways. But yeah, I was like, exactly. But it just was so a, the think... contrast of my husband saying, oh, well, let me try it. I'm like, oh, yeah. Okay, okay. A better, yeah, better approach. <laughs> right? There's there's just certain things for all of us where we're like, even if I want to, I cannot get into that. I can't force myself. I think our kids yeah. can feel love on all like they can feel love on all kinds of different ways. Yes. And just I love the idea that parents like really do know their children and you can find that thing that's really gonna connect with them and be 
you know, be something that they remember and love and something that you can also love because yeah, getting into something that you absolutely can't stand might be a little hard for you to yeah, you know, in the pretend long about. <laughs> to continue, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. That's a good point. Um, but, but finding those things that you can with each kid to connect is such an awesome way to, to also enjoy parenting. Right, right. Yeah, I love that. Since our podcast is about transitions, if you have tips for different mm-hmm. transitions for kids, whether it's, yeah, going back to school, going to high school, going to college, yeah. even moving, yeah. um, those type of things. What are some things that maybe you could do with teenagers? Yeah. That are good for their transitions that they're going through. Yeah. So I wrote a bunch of back to school things for each age group. So middle school, high school, Mm -hmm. and college. And I would really encourage parents to, um, read those. There's so much great advice in there, but one of the things that really sticks out to me for every transition is reminding our kids and especially reminding ourselves that having good days and bad days as part of being human. I think parents get really wrapped up. And when I say parents, I'm including myself in a bad day. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. oh my word, they just, their first day of college is horrible. This isn't going well. Maybe we made the wrong decision, you know, all these things. And, And our kids hear and feed off our anxiety. So as a parent, I think it's really, really important, especially during transition times, to let our kids know that, you know what, that's totally normal for middle school to feel really challenging for the first couple of weeks. That's really normal. I'm sorry you're feeling it, but you're absolutely capable of getting through a couple of bad days. And, and in a few weeks, this won't feel quite as hard. Um, I think it's really, you know, for your high school, you know, my friends, they went to lunch with someone else. I had no one to eat with. That is super hard. That is really, really difficult. Um, that's, that's a pretty bad day, but how did you get through it? What did you do? Where did you go? Who did you find to eat with? Like, I'm really proud of you. Like praising the resilience, praising the get to getting through it instead of oh, we're going to have the worst year. Yeah. Our right. friends are all ditching her. This is so awful. Like this isn't what I thought high school would be. And you know, calling your friend and you know, it's just, it's the worst and it's, it's going to be okay because bad days and good days are part of being human. And our kids are not the exception to that rule. Right. And I think every parent wants their kids. Yeah, I was going to say, that's hard because you want your kids to have a <laughs> yeah. good day every day because you love them so much. But how are they going to learn and grow? Yeah. Well, and like just prepare for life. Like this yeah. is, I have bad days and good days. <laughs> right, yeah. right. And I like how you said that because I'm just thinking to myself, sometimes I may be able to say that to my kids, but believing it myself, you know, is sometimes the hard thing, not spiraling mentally myself and thinking, well, I'm telling them, but I'm sure they can recognize that. Like whether we're sincere and saying it's going to be okay this is how life is. But inside I'm thinking, is it going to be okay? Right. So just taking a step back and realizing, like believing it ourselves too. I don't know. For me, I need to remember that. So yeah. And I, I have that. to remind yeah. myself like hard things and hard days aren't existential. It doesn't mean the next days has to right. be that hard or the, or the whole school year has to be hard. That is just taking yep. it a day at a time and kind of, yeah. you know, rethinking things and having a different outlook, but can be hard. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And having really important to have that empathy because it is hard and then really important to be able to encourage our kids that they are capable of finding solutions. They're capable of helping their life get better. They're capable of looking for someone else who needs someone to eat with at lunch, you know, instilling that confidence in them. Like, I know that it's hard and I also know that you can find solutions. You know, you're smart, you're friendly, like this is something you can do as opposed to, you know, putting them in a bubble and protecting them and saying, okay, then you never have to go to lunch at school ever again. I will pick you up every day and we won't deal with anything that's hard because you don't deserve hard things. Everyone has hard things. Yeah. They just look different and we don't know about everyone else's. So ours feel so much harder. Right. Yeah. And I love how you said the word resilience. I think telling our kids that they can be resilient and that they are, and then realizing that these experiences, um, create resilience. Like you're saying, if they face the hard things now, then later down the road, they'll be more resilient, you know? So, and of course there's times where we have to step in as parents if, if things are really off or something, but yeah, I, I think that word resilience stands out a lot. So I love that. Um, all right. Well, this has been awesome. It's been so fun to get to know you better and just hear your wisdom and yeah. Yeah. Cause we love following your page. Yeah. And there's been a few times I, we don't have time to get into it, but where you posted something that I literally felt like I just needed at the time. Like literally, I think we had talked one time about, 
a certain parenting thing and then you posted about it and I thought Brooke gave me the answer so <laughs> oh you're so nice it is so awesome yeah you're just well really I wise. think one of the things that's been so fun is honestly how many people will say that or tell me like oh this was exactly what was in my heart this is yeah. exactly how I'm feeling and what it's helped me understand is that this experience of raising teenagers is so much more connective and similar than any of us ever realize. Yeah. And, and it's been really helpful for me to know that, that, like I said, that a lot of kids have bad days and a lot of parents are struggling to figure out how to make it work. And, and that's something that's so encouraging to me is that we all are trying to figure it out together and none of us has it right, but as we support each other, it becomes a lot easier. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's one of the big things about life is just to know that you're not alone in your thoughts and your fears and your struggles. And so to read the things you're saying and the advice you give, you're like, oh, someone else has gone through this very similar thing or someone has thought these same things or some child has gone through you know, this transition that was hard and so that you're not alone and you're not crazy and everything, you know, just part of raising kids. So, yeah. And like you said, at the first, you've created this community where I feel like people can go and sometimes, you know, yeah, whether you post it or people share other things, I mean, in the comments or whatever, like it's super helpful. So, but you do, you have a gift with it. So (laughs) anyway, thank you for doing all that you do. I think we just think the world of you and we're so glad that we could talk to you and you made the time for us. So yeah. And maybe yeah, you could thanks, tell um, our audience like where, like your website, your social media, maybe your yeah, books the best and where to buy to those, get, yeah. get a hold of how you. we can support yeah, you. I would love to. So um, I have a community that I absolutely love on Instagram at Brooke Romney writes. And I have a website, brookromney.com where you, it's, if you Google something in my name, the article will come up. So that's really helpful. And then um, my books are all on Amazon and probably end of September, we'll have 52 Modern Manners for Kids, which I'm so excited about. Um, Different manners and tailored to kids who are ages 5 to 12, so we can start the manner journey a little earlier than our teenagers. Nice. Yeah, that's that's perfect. And maybe I know we're wrapping up, but what made you think to, why did you focus on manners? Like kind of what was your reasoning for that? As I was working with a lot of teens and around a lot of teens, what I saw was that there was a distinct difference between the teenagers who understood social norms and how to interact with people and have relationships and those who didn't. Mm. And I watched those who knew how enter a positive feedback loop where life went really well for them. And I watched those who didn't understand those social norms and kind of how to just how to be in a group and how to do your part and how to associate kindly. I watched a negative feedback loop. And as I was watching both of those things, I thought there has to be a simple way for all kids to have access to know how to be a little bit more successful in their life. And that was really my motivation. I started sharing them on social media first, and then people wanted a book. And as I created a book, I knew it had to be in a form that teens would take in and and was easy enough for parents to incorporate in their family systems. And it's been really incredible to see the changes that have happened in homes for the teens who read it, take it in, and the confidence that comes from parents and just having a resource that is so simple, but helps them know that they're teaching important things to their kids on a weekly basis. Yeah. I love that. I love it. And it can just stand like, for those maybe that don't have it, it can just stand nicely like on your counter space or wherever. And so they can, what I like to do is like set it out. And just let them see it over like a week or something and then talk about it. Because then I know that they've already maybe read the manner and thought about it. That's and then awesome. I just try to bring it up like in, you know, maybe if we're all together like on a Sunday or even at dinner. I mean, I'm not perfect at it by any means. But like I felt like it's been a really good way, you know, to incorporate those kind of things. And and they're not like they don't feel preachy to the kids at all. It's just said in a really clear way. But like. And a lot of them do focus more on kindness. I mean, their manners, but they're, I don't know. I just feel like they're very practical and, and you've done a really good job with it. So thank you yeah. so much. And I think yeah. it's so great because some people, teenagers or humans or whatever, are they kind of naturally do those things you're talking about. And some just need that little reminder or push. Like we kind of call it the high get it factor. Like they're just a high get it factor when it comes to social situations, how to act, how to be, how to talk to people. And some people that comes supernatural too. And some it doesn't. And that's not like fair to be like, well, that's just how you are. And you're, you don't get it. Like, you don't, you know, so <laughs> yeah. right. if you can help the kids, you know, that you, that you love and want to succeed to kind of recognize those things, then that yeah. could be so helpful. Like you said, in their life to, to 
um, succeed in other ways in different, in all the different areas of their life. So yeah. I love it. And I've noticed there's some things that some of my kids, it does come more naturally and others that maybe not, or maybe they, I just haven't taught them that yet. So I'm really grateful that yep. it's there. So <laughs> anyway, it's awesome. I totally yeah. get that. I mean, I wrote the book and there's still matters that I struggle with. Yeah. And when we flip to it, I'm like, yeah, I'm oh. still bad at that one. Like walking people to the door, I'm still bad at that. Yeah, I'm stuff still like the person that. who waves from the couch. Yeah, <laughs> so. I'm glad. Yeah. yeah, stuff that maybe has just never come up before, but they wouldn't know, yeah. you know, unless it's kind of taught to them. So yeah, it's great. Yeah. But it really does help. Mm-hmm. It really helps our kids stand out and, and get opportunities and create opportunities for themselves. And it's been really useful. So I'm so glad that your families are loving it. Yeah, yeah. it's great. It's been great. It's so good. Yeah. Well, I'm excited for the kid one. That will be great because we both have that age group too. Yes. Yes. Perfect. Okay. Okay, Well, thank you so much for taking the time. I loved having you. Thanks guys. Thank you so much for listening today. We hope you enjoyed this conversation and would love if you subscribe to the podcast and followed along as we continue hearing more inspiring stories. You can also follow us on Instagram at beautiful shifts podcast, where we will post updates with our latest interviews. We'd like to thank the band. We, the lion for giving us permission to use their beautiful song, move along for our podcast. Take a minute to listen to the song and the lyrics and enjoy. I find a way to know myself All my thoughts are mine again And begin to understand where to go Now it's time to move along Now it's time Take this journey as my own Feel the strength right in my bones All I want is to believe Life is my own Life is my own I'll start again, my mind is free Take a chance, I won't be wrong Yes, now it's time to move along Now it's time to move along Take this journey